Hello everyone, I'm Cami and welcome to The Like-Minded. I'm super excited about finally recording this podcast because it's been months in the making. I've really been dragging my feet, um, you know, just personally struggling with setting unrealistic expectations and just perfectionism in general. I'd be lying if I didn't admit to the fact that I did record this first podcast maybe four or five times. Um, And I just kept on, you know, stuttering or messing up on one word and then completely quitting out of like the voice recording and just scratching it and starting from the beginning. But I'm done. This is my final take. You know, I'm releasing it out into the world. I'm moving on and we're just going to see how it does. Um, I just, you know, can't keep on holding on to it and like redoing it over and over and over again. It's like not good for my mental health anymore. Um, So yes, I'm super excited. And I'm actually using this podcast personally um, for one of my mantras for 2023, which is progress, not perfection. You know, focusing on the little steps, the growth, the progress, and not expecting every single project I do, especially the more creative ones, to be perfect because they're never going to be. So I planned a really great topic for us to discuss today and let's get started. So on today's episode, um, I want to talk about three things that are interconnected, which are life paths, indecision, and living in alignment. And all three things all three of these things have been super top of mind for me um, because, you know, right now I'm in my young 20s and it's really the first time I'm having to put serious thought into my future. You know, growing up, I always had this mutual understanding with my parents that I'd go to high school, I'd go to college and I'd start applying for my first job. And there was really never an alternative path for me to explore. And I think this was largely due to two reasons. So one being that my parents had a very clear vision of what they wanted for my siblings and I growing up. You know, neither of them had uh, their bachelor's degree. So it was super important for them that we achieved that milestone. And then I think the second reason that I kind of knew I was going to college is because within my high school and honestly society as a whole, there was just a ton of pressure to go to college and there was a social stigma around not. And, you know, as a result, I never really questioned what I'd be doing with my life up until I got my first job. So now I'm 23, you know, I graduated college, I hit all the milestones I set for myself, I got my first job and now it's kind of like, okay, now what? Um, I started, you know, making my first uh, big decisions. Um, The one that I uh, remember standing out specifically is picking where I wanted to live after graduating college. So my boyfriend and I, we both got remote jobs. Um, We both kind of went home and lived uh, at home to save money and not have to pay rent and, you know, applied to that first job. And then once we got it, they both happened to be remote, which was great. So we had the option of picking, you know, any city in the U.S. And we both decided on Miami. And I'm so, so happy that we did. Um, We're actually planning on re-signing our lease for the third year in the summer. So it's like safe to say that we both absolutely love it here. Um, It's been a dream. 
So, you know, I moved out on my own, you know, we moved into an apartment together here in Miami and I started working full time and I really discovered this newfound freedom that just comes naturally with being an adult. And with this freedom, I was really able to start exploring my interests, um, what sparks joy, what fulfills me. And I really like was able to kind of explore all these different facets of myself that I don't think I necessarily did when I was a teenager. Um, maybe it was because I didn't have time. Maybe it was because I didn't even really fully understand myself enough to like dive deep into what I like and what I don't like. Um, but it's been something that I've recently been really enjoying. Um, and then like along with this like kind of self-exploration, self-discovery, I've really been putting a lot of thought into like my life, my future, and what I see for myself. So most recently, you know, when I get quiet time, I'll either go up to the pool or I'll go on a walk to the beach and I'll journal. And I try to envision, you know, myself in the future and I'll ask myself questions like, what am I doing? How do I feel? And I'll like jot down, you know, my thoughts and my responses. And in doing these exercises, I see so many versions of myself and so many life paths and all of them are so radically different. So some examples, you know, right now I'm doing the nine to five grind and one path, you know, that I can envision is staying within corporate America and climbing the corporate ladder, like so cliche, but um, I know I'll make good money and I'll definitely feel secure. I personally wouldn't say that this is the most fulfilling option, but it's definitely a safe option. Um, however, this other path that I can envision is I live within an intentional community. Um, so, you know, I can quit my job. I join a self-sustaining farm in Costa Rica where each member of the community does their part. You know, you have the people that garden, you have the people that teach yoga, uh, you have the people that cook the food, like everyone does their little part. I love it. And I can disconnect from technology and just embrace this slower lifestyle and then there's this third path that I envision where I'm uh, applying to scholarships and I go back to school and get my master's. So I've always been super passionate about psychology and human connection. And I can start my own practice as a therapist. And I also love interior design. This is like adjacent. This is like not really super related to the therapy part. But I always have this vision of like, starting my own therapy practice and having this beautiful office with these huge windows and I'll like decorate it with these like abstract paintings and this huge comfy leather couch and tons of plants. Um, it's just always something like I have in my mind when I imagine, you know, talking to patients and I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's unrelated. Um, but all of this to say that like all three of these paths I can envision super clearly and each one is different and equally intriguing in its own way. So a stable nine to five would definitely offer me this financial security that I'm seeking. Um, an intentional community would fuel my adventurous side. A therapy practice would offer me flexibility, you know, time freedom of being able to set my own schedule and also this opportunity to do super meaningful work. So, you know, each option feels right, which is why having to choose just one feels so wrong. 
And I'm thinking of all these different life paths and I am experiencing this FOMO within my own life where I feel like if I decide on one thing, then I'm missing out on all the others. And as a result, there's this like indecision because I'm unclear on which path is the path that I want to pursue. And I say the path because, you know, in society, we've been conditioned to pick just one. So the other month I had my friend Elena over for dinner and I was sharing all of this with her, you know, all of these feelings, all of these sentiments. And she told me about an excerpt from Sylvia Plath's semi-autobiographical novel, The Bell Jar. And Plath uses this analogy of a fig tree that just beautifully um, describes, you know, this inability to decide on one life path. The excerpt itself is like super short, it's under a minute, so I'm going to read aloud to y'all now. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children, and another fig was a famous poet, and another fig was a brilliant professor, and another fig was E.G., the amazing editor, and another fig was Europe and Africa and South America, and another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila, and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions, and another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion, and beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. So I love this analogy, one, because it's super visual, and like, you know, as I read even like the fourth or fifth time, I can imagine, you know, the branches extending out in all directions, you know, each one a new and exciting plot. And I also really, I guess I don't love it per se, but it's something that really stuck out to me was when Plath describes, you know, having waited so long to choose that all the figs slowly begin to die. And in the end, they're left starving and empty handed. Um, This was a bit dark, honestly, but it was a wake up call for me because I'd never really thought about it like that. But it makes sense. You know, if we're stuck in indecision, then we remain paralyzed and our fear of choosing wrong will result in us not choosing at all. You know, we'll blink and our whole lives will have passed because time keeps moving, whether we make a decision or not. So with this, you know, in the back of my head, I started to shift my mindset to feel empowered to make decisions versus being stuck in indecision. And I discovered that the key is to view my life as iterative instead of one long continuum. This really removes, you know, the, that pressure that society like places on us to pick one path and stick with it forever. So to view something as iterative means, you know, breaking it up into smaller segments that can change, repeat, they can uh, start, they can stop. And I began to conceptualize my future in this manner. So let's say, you know, the next 60 years, I, instead of seeing it as 60 years, I started seeing it as smaller segments of time in which I'll be able to experience many different life paths and versions of myself. 
So right now I'm in Miami. I'm doing the nine to five grind in two years. It's the next iteration. And I moved to Costa Rica and live on a cacao farm. And in 10 years, I get my master's. I become a therapist. And in 15 years, I'll start a nonprofit and I'll give back to the community. Um, like these are obviously just examples. In reality, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing in two, 10, 15 years. The point actually is that I don't have to know, you know, right now I don't have to have everything figured out and that's super liberating. I'll be able to pivot my path again and again as many times as I see fit. So in seeing our lives as iterative, uh, we aren't committing to choosing, you know, just one life path and sticking to it forever. That's a lot of pressure to place on ourselves. However, we're able to continuously reinvent ourselves, starting and stopping one iteration for the next. So at any given moment, you know, we aren't deciding something for forever. You know, maybe we're just deciding on something and it's going to last a year or it's going to last six months. Um, To, you know, bring it back to the fig tree analogy, living an iterative life is being able to go back to the tree again and again and again and eat as many figs as you want. So I actually want to stop here quickly and acknowledge that this is not the universal experience for everyone. Uh, There are folks that keep the same job for 40 years or settle down in one location. I'm not equating change with fulfillment. You know, there is no one way to live life. There is no one way to seek joy and meaning. It's up to each and every one of us to ask ourselves, you know, to ground and really ask ourselves what feels right for me. And for some, this might mean consistency. For others, this might mean constant reinvention and change. Uh, The answer is going to be different for everyone. And I love that. I think that's so beautiful because it'd be boring, you know, if we were all carbon copies, we'd have nothing to learn from each other. The reason that I chose this topic um, is not because it necessarily relates to everyone, But because, you know, personally, as a young 20-year-old, I'm feeling the pressure to decide and plan out my whole life. And I assume that there are others that are in the same boat. So my hope is that, you know, those that are in the same boat as me can find this information and advice helpful. Um, You know, talking about happiness or on the opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, unhappiness is uncomfortable at times. Um... But it's a reality that many of us face, you know, this this pressure to decide and this feeling of unhappiness in situations that we find ourselves. Um, it's like I said, it's uncomfortable, but it's it's a reality. So I think it's worth talking about. So why do I think it's helpful to view life as iterative? Besides what I've previously mentioned, you know, that it takes off a lot of the pressure that comes with picking one thing and sticking to it forever. I also feel like it allows us to explore all the different facets of ourselves. So we as humans, you know, naturally we're dynamic and we're multi-layered, we're messy and beautiful, and sometimes one singular life path is not able to fulfill all of our competing needs and desires. So I like to think about how much I've changed in just the past few years when I think about this idea of like having competing needs and desires because I look back at, you know, what brought me joy and meaning at 20 and it's so different than what brings me joy and meaning now at 23 and that's only been three years. 
I also like to think about college majors and how quickly we change our minds. So many people I know, you know, myself included, we went into college with a major we genuinely liked, but quickly found out by senior year, you know, just four years later that we don't like it anymore. As we go through life, we acquire knowledge, we acquire experiences, and we change as a result. You know, this is normal, this is okay. And I think by accepting the fact that we do grow, we're able to then decide on life paths that grow with us. I like to call this living in alignment. So when we live in alignment, we create or recreate our reality to coincide with our evolving or growing needs and desires. So the key to living in alignment is remaining present. It sounds simple, but I think it's actually really hard for some of us to do. I know it's hard for me. Um, But, you know, this means really tuning out all the outside chatter, quieting ourselves, and looking within. And in doing this, we're able to tune into our emotions more clearly because we're not distracted by all of the outside voices and opinions. Um, And not only the outside voices and opinions, but I also think the unproductive inner ones. So these unproductive inner voices, you know, are our egos talking. You know, it's the insecurities, the doubts, the fears, the limitations. So like, let's say you really wanted to start a candle making business and, you know, it's exciting for you. It's an outlet for your creativity. You feel this happiness, this joy when you're making candles and you're selling it to other people. But let's say like you go to start this business and you hear this constant doubt in the back of your head like, oh my gosh, you might fail. Okay, let's say that's true. Like maybe you do fail, you know, maybe it goes horribly and no one wants to buy your product. No one likes, no one, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it goes horribly and no one likes your product. Um, Or maybe it becomes wildly successful, you know, and you're able to sustain yourself with this passion project. That'd be a dream. That would be awesome. I know I'd love that. Um, So you would have missed out on that success if you listened to that doubt in the back of your mind and that stopped you from ever trying. You know, to live in alignment, you have to be heart-centered. You have to shut off your brain as challenging as it may be. And you'll notice when you're living in alignment. It's, it feels different. You know, you feel happy and excited. It's almost as if you're moving through life effortlessly. Obviously, you know, I don't want to be unrealistic and we can't expect to feel happiness all the time as our baseline emotion. You know, as humans, we feel a whole range from joy to grief to anger. That is the human experience. But when you're living in alignment, you'll feel like on a regular basis, you know, you're confident, you're powerful, and you're purpose-driven. So it is it is kind of ironic, you know, trying to explain alignment because I imagine for everyone it does feel slightly different. And I'm just going off of my own personal experience. Over the years, I've heard it be called many things, uh, a gut reaction, an inner voice, an intuition, Whatever you may call it doesn't necessarily matter because at the end of the day, you know when you're at inner peace and you have to let that feeling be your North Star. So how to know when to make a change and perhaps begin this next iteration of your life? 
I think you'll know it's time when what once caused you to feel joy and meaning is now causing you to feel, you know, irritated, overwhelmed, anxious. If you find yourself constantly stressed and drained, it could be a sign of misalignment, you know, an indicator that your needs and desires have shifted and it's time to shift your reality or your situation as well. Another way to know it's time for a change is if you find yourself using the word should a lot. I actually hate this word and I used to use it all the time and I still catch myself using it to this day. Um, But should indicates, you know, an obligation or a duty. Um, I should go to college or I should stay in my job for at least two years. It'll look better on a resume that way. Like there is no should. Should is taking all the expectations of everyone around us and unnecessarily placing them on ourselves. It sucks. And if you find yourself using should a lot to describe your current situation, it may be time to reevaluate. Now, I don't want to downplay, you know, shifting your life and making big decisions because it can be scary. You know, to go against what everyone else is telling you can be scary. Um, And it's bold and sometimes it means taking risks, but I think it's worth it. You know, at the end of the day, life is short and it's meant to be fun and we can't waste our time, you know, trying to please everyone around us or trying to stay in a situation because we feel as though we quote unquote should stay in it. Um, So I actually want to give an example of my own life. Um, So in college, I partied, you know, my friends and I, we would go out at least four times a week, maybe three or four times a week, and we'd heavily drink and, and do drugs. And it never necessarily crossed the line into anything unhealthy. But looking back, it was definitely a lot. So at the time, this was super fun for me. You know, I found genuine joy in going out with my friends and laughing and dancing. So post-college, COVID was happening. There was no going out. And I actually moved to Miami in 2021. So places were open again and I'd go out and I'd drink and I'd dance, you know, like I did before when I was in college. And it didn't feel exactly the same. Um, It felt like something I should be doing as a as a young 20 year old living in Miami there's that word should um and it was miserable you know alcohol was making me super anxious especially in these social settings and I wasn't enjoying myself and it actually took me a few months to really listen to that inner voice and recognize that there was this misalignment so now I'm in what I call my grandma era. I joke about it with my boyfriend. Um, But I really limit my alcohol consumption and I take my self-care super serious. Um, Most nights, weekends included, I'm in bed by 11 p.m. And I don't feel guilty about it. You know, I'm in this new iteration of my life, one that feels more aligned and suited to where I'm at now. I'm undergoing a lot of self-growth. This podcast, you know, hopefully will become part of that. And I really want to relax and use my energy wisely. I mean, I still go out, you know, every once in a while and I enjoy a casual drink. I think everything is a balance, of course, but my priorities are noticeably different. You know, I made this conscious decision to change the way I live my life and I'm so happy that I did. And now that I made that decision, it's important that I stand behind it when others question. So, for example, there are so many times when people have said, like, 
oh my gosh, you're so boring. You never go out anymore. Uh, not necessarily in a malicious way. I would say more so jokingly. But at the end of the day, you know, I honor myself and what's best for me. You know, even when others might not understand or agree, I definitely feel like at times we feel this need to justify our choices to others, especially those that are closest to us. But we really don't. And it's not our job to always, you know, get everyone to see our point of view all the time. So as I wrap this up, I just want to reiterate, you know, actually no pun intended, but I want to reiterate that if you find yourself in a situation that once brought you happiness, but no longer does, that's normal. That's okay. You're always able to make a change. You know, none of us have to be restricted to a job, a significant other, a friend group, a city for our entire lives. You know, as with everything, I think all of this work takes time. It's gradual. We've been conditioned by society to believe that we must pick one thing and stick with it forever. And it can be, un- and it can be challenging to, you know, unlearn this and unlearn what we've been told for so long. Uh, I know personally, I've found that I'm genuinely happier releasing myself from that kind of pressure. I feel liberated and I feel excited to know that there are endless opportunities for the future. It makes me feel like I always have something to look forward to, you know, as I continue to reinvent myself. And I feel like I can be and do anything. Um, We can all be and do anything. We just have to start viewing ourselves that way, you know, and viewing life that way. All right. That's all I have for this episode. Um, I think the reason I recorded this four or five times was that my biggest fear is, is that you know, my content either doesn't make sense or isn't necessarily resonating. So I'm sharing this first episode on my Instagram. And please, I encourage, please feel free to share any constructive feedback. My DMs are open. Um, I'm still, you know, these early learning stages. And talking into a mic, I can't exactly see how this is being received. So to hear from y'all would be much appreciated. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Bye for now.